This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire talking UFC 236. Our main event is one everyone is looking forward to. Max Blessed Holloway taking on Dustin the Diamond Poirier for the UFC interim lightweight championship. Our co-main event It's another interim title fight. It's at middleweight. Israel the last style bender. Adesanya taking on Kelvin. I love tacos. Gastelum. Not his real nickname. Couldn't put that together. We are here to talk DraftKings for UFC 236. Breaking down this card top to bottom. I am your host, Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, the analyst from Rotowire. It is Chris Olson. It is Joe, better known on DraftKings on Twitter as Sun Tzu. Guys, I think a really strong card, especially the pay-per-view portion. Excited for Saturday night in Atlanta. Aside from... The, t- the first two fights, Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot. Aside from the main event and co-main event that everyone's excited for, what fight are you looking forward to the most? You asking me or I'm asking, Chris? I'm asking you. Okay, I want to see Eric Anders starch Roundtree. Yeah, we're going to have an argument later. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> Perfectly. And they're going to have a few discussions on this card, I have a feeling. And it's funny, I do I do other podcasts and I had a disagreement, pretty firm one, over um, Gastelum Adesanya. And I don't think I'm going to have the problem on this podcast, so it's it's weird. But I'm going to have a different argument, I'm sure. Uh, how about for you, Chris? What fight are you looking forward to? How you doing? Uh, I am interested in the return of Jalen Turner. He is a big prospect I always liked. He kind of got fed to the wolves in his first fight against uh, Vincente Luque. Came back with a strong win against the guy who wasn't really on his level should we say, and uh, I'm interested to see how he does here. So It's funny. You guys both picked two guys I think have taken naps. So this is going to really? be fun. This is, wow, is okay. going to be so, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, before we get started, guys, make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. 
Uh, also, if you are listening to this on iTunes, this is a replay of the Friday night stream we do on the Rotowire um, YouTube channel. Make sure you're there live. Everybody in chat, what's up? We always have a lot of fun in there. Friday nights, 8 o'clock. If you're not watching this live, that's when you should tune in as per usual. Also, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. And the last bit of pandering, you can give all of us a follow on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Joe doesn't care, but he's at Sun Tzu. <laughs> Let's talk some fights. We have Brandon Davis at 8,700, taking on Randy Costa at 7,500. Davis, the favorite, minus 160. Costa, the underdog, at plus 150. Chris, we'll start with you. Brandon Davis, low-level UFC fighter, taking a guy who is taking on a guy who's 4-0 and beating up basically me, you, Joe, and Otto from chat. That's who he's beat so far. Who you got? Yeah, I, I don't really understand this fight. I mean, I would assume it's a late replacement, although I couldn't really find anything. But um, I I don't understand why they would sign a guy like this. I mean, basically, he, he, as you noted, um, he's a low-level fighter. I believe he's 4-0. And uh, – his, his whole fighting style is basically throw kicks and um, uh, retreat and throw wild hooks and try to knock you out. Um, the, now, I'm not a big fan of Brandon Davis, but um, at, at least he's, like, composed in there and sort of has an idea of how he can win a fight other than, you know, starching you in the first 30 seconds. And I'm not sure that Costa does. Um, Brandon Davis can at least up, apply some good pressure he can, uh, you know, use a pretty uh, good classic uh, Muay Thai um, boxing kind of combination. Um, he can wrestle a little bit. Um, I think that's basically it here. You, you do have to worry about him getting starched because, as I said, all Costa really likes to do is uh, throw bombs and, and see if he connects with you. But, um, you know, Brandon Davis has showed himself to be a little tough, and uh, or I should say plenty tough. And what I like about this for DraftKings specifically is – Generally, when something like this happens and we have a really low-level fighter, whoever the other fighter is gets gets blasted on the line or the price or whatever, and you need like 9,400 or 9,200 to get him. We don't need that here. We're still in the 8,000s with Davis. I think that makes him a pretty good play here, and I'm going to have um, a significant amount of him. How about for you? Yeah. Um, this is – we don't need to talk too much about this. I mean – there's two reasons why this guy was signed by the UFC. Normally, this would be a guy who would come in through the Dana White Contender Series, um, you know, a 4-0 fighter who's fought nobody. This is, you know, the, the one reason, which I think is the, the biggest reason he was signed was because of his nickname, the Zohan. I don't think there's any Zohans um, in God. the UFC. Um, no, seriously, though, I think it was purely a favor to Joe Lozon. He uh, he trains at Joe Lozon's camp in in. Massachusetts, this had to be a uh, some level of accommodation. Joe Lozon got in, in the matchmaker's ear and said, you got to check this guy out. Um, otherwise, I, I don't get it. I don't think there's any allegiance to special allegiance to Alan Belcher's camp, which is where Davis trains. Um, like, oh, we're going to give you a softball here so you could kind of get back into things. I think Davis is an entertaining, scrappy fighter, but I don't ever see him you know, climbing up the ranks to the top 10 or the top 15 even. Um, with that said, uh, you got to go with Davis here. I would say for game theory purposes, you play like maybe one lineup with Costa in it because you just don't know. You don't know I mean, what it is. It's real deal. I mean, you don't know. 
Yeah, I have a hard time investing any money in the guy that I just I don't know what he is. So give me Davis, but you're right, he's not a high level fighter either. I mean, you know what what we're doing here, Sean, is we're penalizing a guy for getting for for beating up cans, you know, in the early rounds. I mean, you know, so that that is somewhat unfair. It right? is, but there are there are levels to MMA. True, and, true, and absolutely, just, absolutely. We, Brendan Davis may not be great at the UFC level, but he's beat Stephen Peterson. He's yeah, um, like he, he's not. He's a very low level UFC, maybe a high a high level regional guy. And Cost hasn't fought anybody like that. So I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go go too far into this. I think Costa, I agree, is worth a couple shots in GPP because who knows? Pollyanna Botello, eighty nine hundred, taking on Laura Mueller at seventy three hundred. Patello minus 155, Mueller plus 145. Both women coming off of upset losses last time out. Both were huge favorites, or Mueller more so was a very large favorite lost, and Patello was a moderate favorite against Cynthia Calvillo. That was because of of Calvillo's outside-the-cage circumstances. But either way, she was a favorite who lost. Who's going to bounce back here, Joe? So that was a crazy line. Um, Patello kind of made her bones in the UFC by – destroying a condo in like 34 seconds. Um, and, and that's what I think that combined with Cynthia Calvillo's horrific weight cut is what, you know, made her favorite in that fight. I was, I was on Cynthia all day, um, you know, did what Cynthia Calvillo does, took her down and subbed her. Lauren Mueller was like a minus 500 favorite in her last fight. and got submitted by a white belt who then got a blue belt. Um, Asian fighter in China. I mean, look, maybe it was the travel. I don't know. It wasn't like she, she was, it was her second UFC fight. So it's not like, plus she did a stint on Dana White's contender series. Uh, I mean, I'm, I forgot how attractive uh, Pollyanna is, but anyway, oh. um, <laughs> I would say that um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Pollyanna. I think she could actually be a sneaky GPP play because she does does come hard. She does look for the finish. Um, I don't know that Mueller is going to have that big an edge on the ground, um, you know, but, you know, I, I I would, you know, tread carefully with this fight, but I will go with uh, Pollyanna for the win. Yeah, so I, um, I'm i pretty comfortable going back to Mueller here. I'm not, I'm not a big fan Whoa. of Whoa. I'm not, I'm not a well. I'm not a big fan of of Botello at all. I think um, she basically has a kicking game, and that's about it. That's how um, she beat Kondo. She she uh, finished her with a body kick. I mean, aside from that, I'm not really sure what she what um, she's got. Um, she's not really a counter puncher, which I, I like for this matchup because Mueller's gonna come in hard with her chin um, hanging out, and I don't think Botello's gonna make her pay for it necessarily. Um, I just think that. Um, Mueller's going to really have a chance to overwhelm her. And look, uh, um, as far as um, the sub thing, I mean, I guess we have to worry about that against everybody now. But it is worth noting that Patel doesn't have any sub wins on her record. So um, if you're coming into this fight worried about that, I mean, that can be a little um, load off your mind at least. I um, I just like her to outwork uh, Patello. I don't see what Patello does all that well. I don't see her as somebody who's going to be a consistent finisher at this level. Um, aside from like your, your, what happened to your liver shots or whatever. And, um, I just like the work rate and the price. So give me Mueller. All right, moving on. The next fight is Montel Jackson, 9,400, taking on Andre Sukumta at 6,800. Montel Jackson is the biggest favorite on this card. 
minus 495. Sukumta, 430. Chris. Can Montel Jackson beat a guy who refuses to win UFC fights? I mean, all he's got to do is stand up, and he, he won't win. He refuses to win. Knock the guy down three times. Draw. Refuses to win. Who do you want? Montel Jackson, Andre Sukum. He did beat Luke Sanders. I should. I, I'm being hyperbolic, of course. but He did. I, I mean, hey, knock, knocked Sukumta. out Luke and had a good performance against, um, who's that, Jonathan uh, Martinez? Jonathan think. Martinez, I don't think is any good. and. Well, Luke Sanders, he was losing every second of that fight until he got, got a KO. But he did get a win. Either way, Montel Jackson, Andre Sukumta, who you got? Okay, uh, fair enough. So I think um, Montel Jackson probably gets this done. Um, my, my, my thing about this fight is, and maybe this is um, sort of a hot take because he does have a lot of um, TKOs on his record. I don't think Montel Jackson has the kind of style that um, translates to being a consistent finisher at this level. He's kind of a... Um, like a, a, a stalking, um, low output, um, uh, big shot kickboxer where he has to look for the big shot to finish you. Um, Sukum Tat's a pretty tough guy for 9,400. You, you either need that volume or you need that finish. Now, um, in his back pocket, um, Montel is a wrestler. We don't know, um, if he'll go to that consistently. If he does, you might have some, um, you know, some, some relief there with the score, but otherwise, um, I think what I said stands. As far as Sukumtak goes, look, he's basically what he is. He's um, a counter-punching, heavy-handed um, boxer. We saw him come forward a little bit more in his last fight and do some good body work against Jonathan Martinez. Uh, we also saw him get taken down a time or two, which is um, a little disconcerting. We saw him use his wrestling as well. So um, I think in this fight um, – I think it's going to be, like I said, a, pretty much a slow kickboxing match with maybe a little wrestling mixed in. And so I would kind of dog her past this just because I don't think Montel finishes and I don't think he pays off at that price. Joe? Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, I sort of agree with Chris. I mean, uh, he's very expensive um, unless he gets – a relatively quick finish. I don't see that he's going to earn salary or be on the optimal lineup. Um, I don't know that he could score enough points in a decision to make him a worthwhile play. Um, you know, Sukumtov is tough anyway. I don't necessarily see him winning here. I could see this as being a pretty boring fight unless, unless uh, Montel gets the finish. So I am going to pick Montel to win. But I agree he's probably not the best play on DraftKings. Um, the line is insane. Um, but uh, it is what it is. I'm not betting the fight. But uh, I will take uh, Jackson. All right. Moving on. Next fight is, as my cat yells in the background, Bilal Muhammad, 8,500, taking on Curtis Curtis Melender at 7,700. Odds in this fight, Muhammad minus 140. Melender is plus 130. Joe, five weeks removed from his last fight. Can Melender shore up the hole, the hole that he, um, Elizio Zaleski dos Santos, exposed last time out? Hell to the no, he cannot. I mean, I, this this makes no sense to me. Like, you're taking a guy that got starched. Granted, he didn't take any damage, but was, was his loss so impressive that uh, he – he automatically got another fight. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, if anything, let's like use this slot to give Zaleski another fight who took no damage. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense here. Um, 
Look, I think we all know what his kryptonite is. Uh, this is a fight for Bilal Muhammad to lose. I mean, he will close the distance. He will get a takedown. He will get several takedowns. I don't know if his jits is good enough to actually um, hold Melender down, but do we really care? I mean, we could get rinse and repeat takedowns. That scores points. Um, Muhammad is competent on his feet. Now, with that said, obviously Melander has got a puncher's chance here. Um, the odds are really close. He could catch Bilal with something. Um, Bilal maybe gets hurt, but Bilal's a tough guy to finish. So I'm going to take Bilal here, and the, the the script is set on how to beat Melander. I think this is really poor matchmaking. Um, you know, why not have Zaleski come back and fight Bilal Muhammad? That would be a fight I'd really want to see. Yeah. Um, I, this matchmaking makes absolutely no sense to me. I, I wonder if Melender has got naked pictures of somebody, um, you know, that he's holding over, uh, UFC management. I don't get it. I will take, uh, Muhammad in this fight. He needs to share those pictures if he's got them. I mean, true. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to Maynard or Sean Shelby. Well, after all. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Accurate. And now I'm going to go vomit. Uh, oh. Chris. Yeah. Um, this is this is one of those ones that almost feels like a trap because it's almost like it's basically what uh, it's basically what Joe said. I mean, how can how can we see a guy who look that that was the last rung of somebody who's going to take you down because he just doesn't go for takedowns and Zaleski was able to get it. So now we have a guy in Bilal Muhammad who does work his takedown game and does work his leg kicks. I I think this is going to look a lot like. Uh, his Randy Brown fight, where that's basically how he how he just wins and um, coasts through the entire fight. Um, the the other thing about Bilal is is he's got great cardio. I don't expect him to slow down uh, at any point in the fight. I um, you know, the, the only the only thing I would say is that um, you know, Bilal is going to be incredibly popular. How could he not be? So if somehow you do think um, Bilal gets caught, which is you know not out of their own possibility, of course. Um, Melinda would have, would obviously be a good GPP play, um, for leverage against the field, but, um, yeah, I, I just don't see how you can, you can, you can see that happen to him with Zaleski and then a much better wrestler comes in and, and you go a different direction. So I'm taking Bilal. I don't like it when everybody is going to be on the same guy, but I don't think we have much of a choice here. Bilal Muhammad. Right. Boston Salmon, 8,600, taking on Khalid Taha at 7,600. Boston Salmon, minus 145. Khalid Taha, plus 135. Boston Salmon making his UFC debut. Hyped up boxer. Khalid Taha, not a very good brawler. The thing, the more this fight is, what do you think of Boston Salmon? My, I'm going to throw my quick two cents in this fight up front. I think there is going to be plenty of chances to fade Boston Salmon, a ton of them. Not here because Khalid Taha doesn't look for for grappling. Chris, would you agree with that assessment? Well, pretty much. I like Boston Salmon. Almost reminds me of like a male Jessica Andrade. He he just sort of walks forward, walks through everything, and um, just applies tremendous pressure and just throws his hands. I mean, he's he's not a wrestler, so in that sense, no. But um, I look. I actually like Khalid Taha a little bit more than you. I, I think he can be a pretty polished striker. Uh, I think he, he was getting the better of not Naramani in a lot of those striking exchanges, which is why Naramani had to lean so heavily on his wrestling. But, um, you know, I, I, I sort of just agree that the pressure and, and the power shots are going to be too much. Um, as I said, I do think the fight's a little bit closer. I'm going to take Salmon, 
but I also don't think this fight finishes. So I think that this could be a fade if you're looking for fades. Joe? Yeah, so I, I somewhat disagree with Chris's analogy of, of Salmon being a, a male Jessica Andrade. He is way more of a counterpuncher. I mean, Andrade is just yeah. aggressive. Salmon takes rounds off. That's his biggest issue. Um, if you That one fight that he lost, if you want to see a fight that's as close, that looks as close to a fix as I've ever seen in MMA, watch his fight against Riley, the one fight that Salmon lost. I mean, this is a guy that in an amateur fought Errol Spence to a decision. Highly acclaimed boxing credentials here, right, in this fight. However, you know, he, he seems to know when he's got victory in the bag and really just kind of backs off, and he's, he's way more reactionary than he is aggressive. Now, maybe that's changed, but anything that I've watched has shown him as a counterpuncher and not just an aggressive go-after, you know, you know brawling type of, of Jessica Andrade, just like she overwhelms you with her power. I don't see Salmon in that same regard. With that said, um, I think he's got more than enough for, uh, you know, Talia. Um, who is a pure brawler with with no technical prowess. So I like Simon quite a bit here. My only concern is at his price point, absent a finish, he's not very high output. So absent a finish, is he a good GPP play um, if, if this fight goes to decision? That's my concern. I'm pretty, I would be pretty comfortable playing him in cash, but I, as as a GPP play, I just don't know. But I will pick him to win. See, I, I also think that's pretty high on Boston Salmon because I think he'll be popular in cash, and I think people are going to hop, hop off him on GPP, which makes me like him a little bit in, in that format. Fair enough. Right, next up, Max Griffin is 8,000. Zalim Imadayev is 8,200. Odds in this fight, Imadayev minus 110. Max Griffin plus 100. These guys have trained together in the past. Imadayev apparently goes too hard in the gym, and he's a dick. Um, too. I mean, just the guy in the gym who spars too hard, you train it all, or just you, you know that guy. And that guy's a dick. And if you're that guy, you're a dick. Uh, Max Griffin, solid UFC fighter, all around kind of game, just just good everywhere. Not exactly great. Imadayev, undefeated Russian, but not a super impressive undefeated Russian to me. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know what, training, Zabit training partner as well. Um, you know, there's always that impression where, you know, if that guy has got a Russian name, he knows how to wrestle. Um, you know, unfortunately, he is not, he hasn't fought as bad a competition as, say, Costa. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think the last guy that he fought um, had a pretty decent record. Um, I'm looking it up real quick. I, I think... Uh, you know, I think he had he had a decent record. He's he's eight and zero in MMA. Um, you know, I don't know where he's training. I don't see that. Um, you know that he's training. Well, I guess if he's the beats partner, he's got to be training in in New Jersey. Um, in any case, um, yeah, oh yeah, the guy was seventeen and nine. So at least he fought a guy with seventeen wins. Um, so Max Griffin has fought has had a tough road. I mean. He dominated Latis. <laughs> and uh, that was ridiculous. And, and You're ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how how you know he, he got that loss. You know, he beat he he had a tough fight against Melender. Um Perry. I mean, he's fought obviously he's, 
he's fought good middle of the road competition. Um, so I just don't know here. I mean, I think this is an interesting fight to target um, for GPPs. I don't know if I would get near it with a 10 foot pole in cash because I could definitely see a finish. And I think the finish props are actually quite decent in this fight. So um, I would say go ahead and have shares of both of these guys um, in GPPs. And oh, wow. Um, I'm just going to go out and say I'll take the, the Russian. I mean, don't put a ton of stock in it, but um, I think uh, Griffin has hit his ceiling. Um, so I'm going to just take a flyer on the Russian. But I would have these guys pretty equally in, in GPPs, especially if you're multi-entering. Chris? Yeah, I'm a little bit more confident in uh, in, in the Russian as, uh, as Ooh, I'm the only one picking Zalima. I mean, I'm picking Griffin, I guess. But it's, it's also, I'm I'm the same as Joe. Just not super confident, but I lean Griffin. So if you're confident, take it away. Well, I, you know, that's kind of, it's interesting to me because I kind of agree with what you said about uh, Griffin, where he's just kind of okay everywhere and not great. I mean, I think like he gets, he gets into predictable kind of patterns. He's got, he's got his wrestling. He's got like um, front kicks to keep distance and he, he'll throw a one, two occasionally. And I mean, that's, that's basically his game. I think that, um, uh, is is my head is is Zalim Imadayev. Zalim Imadayev. I think Imadayev um Damn. can basically Damn. just um come on get the V in there. Huh? Get the V in there. Imadayev. Imadayev. There you, there you go. go. I had a D on the end. That's okay. my man. Um so I think Imadayev can um basically just overwhelm Griffin here. <laughs> I think that um I think that's basically what um that's basically what Tiago Alves did. I mean, I mean, uh, if you watch Max Griffin was having a successful fight, and then um, Alves just storms back and was just over to, able to overwhelm him against the fence at uh, various points in that fight. Now Griffin's obviously supposed to win that fight. He lost it. That's a pretty clear robbery, but we won't get too much into that. Um, I just think that um, look, uh, he was Max Griffin was doing a great job in the Mike Perry fight, cutting angles, but that was all. That was also because. Mike Perry just walks straight at you. I think, uh, damn it, I forgot his name again. I think Zalim Imadayev. I'm going to write it on my hand. Imadayev, there you go. You get it tattooed in your forehead. I know, right? I think, I think Imadayev, and I like him too. That's the messed up part. I think Imadayev is, um, is just, it's a little better at cutting off the cage. I think he's going to be able to track, uh, trap Griffin and, uh, flurry on him and, maybe knock him out. I do acknowledge that you probably should have both sides of this, but to me, um, Griffin's game isn't really deep enough um, to where I think he's going to be able to win if this turns into just like a, like a, a brawling kind of situation. So um, I need, to, I need to be on the Russian here and I think it's likely he gets a finish. All right, moving on. We have Alexandre Pantoja, 8,800 taking on Wilson. He's at 7,400. Pantoja minus 145. Hayes is plus 135. Pantoja, younger, better striker. Hayes, the grappler. Hayes also, we've seen him rocked a few times at 125 recently. And Pantoja, when he loses, he gets held down by grapplers. So it seems like both these guys are the other one's kryptonite. Uh, I lean Hayes, but it's not a strong lean. Uh, I like him for the grappling. Chris? Thoughts? Yeah, I... Well, this, uh, I mean, I think it's a close fight, too, so I kind of frame this one uh, a lot more in a DraftKings contest, whereas in the last two fights, we've really seen Wilson Hayes just spam those takedowns. 
And um, at, you know, in the 7,000 range, what, 7,400? Uh, yes. Okay, at 7,400, I mean, you know, he, if he literally goes for, you know, seven to 10 takedowns, uh, that could pay off in itself in a decision win. I think that uh, the problem is is that when, when Hayes can't get his wrestling game working against better strikers, um, he's kind of on an island out there, and um, he, he risks getting tagged up. But, um, you know, Pantoja isn't, uh, isn't really a finisher on the feet, of course. And, but, I mean, then again, we would have said that about Henry Cejudo before their fight. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, the grappling should pro maybe – I don't want to say cancel itself out. I think what I'd rather say is that Hayes isn't gonna, uh, probably isn't going to find a sub in Pantoja. And, um, I do think Pantoja is um, good enough and scrambly enough to stay on his feet to make this a striking battle that he can win. So I'm going to take Pantoja here, but this is kind of another uh, low scoring one, I think, that I might pass. But I do acknowledge that, you know, Hayes is, is, is a nice uh, DraftKings dart because um, I think he's going to follow his, um, his recent lead and, and spam the takedowns. And if he gets him through, um, he could pay off big. Joe. Sure. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Pantoja here uh, as well. Um, I think there could actually be some grappling points here because, um, you know, Pantoja works when he gets taken to the ground. He doesn't just try to get up. So I could definitely see some scrambling. Um, I expect most of the scoring while standing to come from Pantoja. Um, I don't expect that we're going to see a lot of, of, of striking acumen from Wilson Heist. We haven't actually seen it to date. Guy's got a great pedigree, great professional. Um, you know, he is a little fire plug at 125. Um, I do think there, you know, he is kind of like getting up there age-wise. Um, you know, Pantoja, on the other hand, I mean, he's probably going to have to move up to 135 if he wants to stay in, uh, you know, the UFC, um, simply because, you know, everybody is still talking about, you know, that um, – you know, the division being uh, dissolved. Um, you know, he's 5'5". Five five. Yeah, I could see him, you know, making the weight. In any case, um, you know, I, I like I like Pantoja here. He lit up Brandon Moreno in a big way standing, which I kind of liked. Um, you know, got a rear naked choke on Sasaki. Um, lost to, uh, to Ortiz, who is just a better technical fighter. Um, you know, that was over a year ago. I, I, li I like... I like Pantoja here. Actually, I think he could be a, a pretty safe play in in cash. Um, you know, I don't know about GPPs, but uh, I guess, you know, I haven't made my all my lineups yet, so we'll have to see. But I'm going to take Pantoja. All right, Jalen Turner, 8,400, taking on Matt Frivola at 7,800. The first one of many to talk about. Jalen Turner, minus 130. Matt Frivola, plus 120. I mean, the first one of the two that we kind of tease in the intro. Good thing that Chris is last for this one. To me, Frivola, uh, Jalen Turner, I've seen him knocked out many a times, and Matt Frivola hits hard. He can grapple. Taking down Lando Venata twice is no easy thing. Venata, D1 wrestler. I don't think Turner's that good. You're telling me he's hyped up because he knocked out the guy serving popcorn in Australia? Like, Callum Potter's terrible. Terrible. Frivola, more varied attack, more aggressive. Like him for DraftKings. I will. What I don't have for Vola, I really like this fight altogether in GPPs. Have plenty of Turner. 
We've seen Frivola be stupid before and rushing with his chin up. I think he's got that corrected. That was his UFC debut. If as long as Frivola doesn't do that, you know, leave his chin in the air and get get caught, I think he wins this fight more times than not. I'm surprised he's the underdog. Joe. Um, I'm not. I mean, um, look, Ferola got absolutely starched by Polio Reyes. <laughs> I mean, who in turn has gotten starched by everybody, um, including Demir Hazavik. So the idea that a Polio Reyes, who is not a very technical action trade trade and bang fighter, can can touch this guy up and, and drop him in a minute, um, is, is telling. I think Turner is, yeah, am I concerned about the fact that, you know, this guy averages one brutal knockout a year, meaning himself being knocked out a year? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. I do think, though, that he's definitely got the skills to, you know, to beat this guy. So I like Turner. I think this is a good fight to target. Um, inside the distance props look pretty good. Um, you know, Turner is is learning. Look, what what is they what is he? Twenty three years old. Let me let me do a quick check. Yeah, he's twenty three years old. Um, don't know much about his camp. Um, he knocked you know Keelan Potter into another dimension. You could knock Calvin Potter into another. dimension. I know, I know. The guy was trying to like you know like 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 hump the referee. Um, yeah. So look, uh, Luke, I don't put too much into that. Um, he actually. Got a few shots in before he got brutally knocked out against Luke. I like Turner here. I think Turner's the future. I think this is a good test for him. Um, I would advise having shares of both guys in DraftKings, especially in DPPs, but I'm going to pick Turner here. I, I think you're being too hard on Favola for a bad UFC debut, but I get that in because I know that Chris agrees with you. So go ahead, Chris. All right. So um, you asked if he had fixed the problem of rushing in with his chin up. Um, spoiler alert, he hasn't. He was doing that in the Lando Venata fight, too. He just didn't get caught doing it. Um, Jalen Turner is a much better uh, at controlling the range. He's a much better counterpuncher. Um, he's much more athletic and powerful. This is, I think this is a give me, a gimme line, a gimme price for 8200 or whatever stupid price it is. I, I think um, Frivola just gets hit way too much. I think um, uh, Turner uh, commands the space way too well. We haven't we haven't really seen um, Turner have huge problems with wrestling to the point where I'm going to be that concerned about Frivola's wrestling. Um, I would have to see that first. I just think he's going to have a problem with the range. I think he's way too hittable. I'm real. I I hope that I hope that everybody is on the same page as you because I I really thought that he was going to be popular and I wasn't going to get as much scarcity on him. Um, I, I, no, you're not. I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in the majority, but the, the, the minority, ah. but I, I'm pretty confident in this one. I oh, like, but, what I, but I just, I, I just don't know what you like about him except hits hard. Okay. Hits hard. Volume, pressure. But, Dude is always moving forward. Okay. Okay. But I need more varied attacks. You like, you asked uh, me what I like. That's, more varied attacks. Wait, that's what more, I like. more varied attacks from Fervola. Yeah. Oh my God! Wait, punches. That's what he. That's what he does. What do you mean takedowns. more varied attacks? Takedowns, punches, takedowns, and that that right there makes you more varied than Jalen Turner. I, I, th I thought you meant on the feet. Can we can we at least agree that Turner's the more diverse striker? Sure. This is kind of scaring me. Sure. Okay. Um, I think Turner's overrated. 
Okay, I mean that's fair enough, but I I I just I don't see, even if you liked him, I don't see what's to be so confident about. I will say that you're right about the pressure, but I mean, take a look at that Luke fight. Did that, did, um, look, granted, he got knocked out in that fight. Did he ever look anything but composed when uh, Turner was pouring on the pressure and coming after him? He looked very mm-hmm. composed, looked mm-hmm. very composed in that when fight. Luke, when Luke was coming after him? Yeah, looked very composed in that fight. Right? And um, never, never wilted, never backed down. Never wilted. I, he was I, unconscious. He was unconscious from from a, from a from a spinning from a, well. He tried to do like a spinning elbow, and he does do that sometimes. He can get a little too creative, and it'll well, cost him. But Farrell is not even the guy to make him pay for stuff like that. We will move on. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Agree to disagree. We'll move on. Um, okay, I I, I got to make it official here. Hold on. Um, have Jalen Turner everywhere. Okay. No, don't don't do that. You better have shares of Frivola. Whatever you don't have of Frivola, of Turner, you should have of Frivola. And I'm doing the opposite, by the way. I'm, I'm hedging on Jalen Turner because I think this fight scores well. Anyway, Nikita Krylov, 8,200. Ovin St. Peru, 8,000. Another rematch on this card. Uh, Krylov, minus 110. OSP, plus 100. OSP aging. Krylov, 9-2 in his last 11. But some of those are away from the UFC. Who do you got here, Chris? Uh... Sorry, I was, re- I, was re- I was reading the chat. Where are we? I got all turned around. Okay, I have – oh, yeah, this fight. I have uh, OSP, not only because he already won this fight and with a, with, a, uh, with, a, with a Von Prue choke, I guess, but because Nikita Krylov can't help himself but grapple. He's always going to grapple. And, and look, uh, OSP, even if he's not – maybe not the more technically skilled grappler, even like we saw in um, – in the um, Tyson Pedro fight, he's really heavy on top, and uh, when he gets there, he he's probably going to finish you if you are liable to be finished. And we know that Nikita Krylov is liable to be finished. Um, he's a workhorse on the feet. He comes out really aggressive, which is part of how he gets taken down in that first OSP fight. He got taken down off a of clutch. Oh, kick. now you care about aggression. I see. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> I, uh, I I I just got to call him. I got to see him. That's all. But. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I think Krylov. Like, if I thought Krylov could keep this on the feet, I would be way more. Um, I, I think it, I would think it would be way closer because I would because OSP tends to have these really um, really prolonged periods of inactivity where he can just get outworked. Um, that was happening in, in a lot of fights where it shouldn't have. It was happening in the Marcos Rogerio de Lima fight before he got that one to the ground. So if I thought Krylov could could keep this on the feet. I, it would be a lot closer to me, but I don't think he can. I think it's at a certain point either, either, um, either OSP gets a takedown or Krylov does something silly, like tries to pull him into a guillotine, like he did with, um, like he did with uh, Jan Blagovic. And I think that uh, OSP gets a sub here, so that's my play. Joe. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I'm going the same way here. I mean, uh, I thought initially I thought about Krylov, and then I went and I watched a Blankowitz fight, and I'm like. This guy has not learned crap away from the UFC. He still is very exposed on the ground, and that is where St. Prue can take advantage of him. Um, would not surprise me to see the fight end the same way. However, um, we've seen uh, OSP slow down late. We've seen him get tagged. We've seen him get dropped by none other than Tyson Pedro, who's, you know, I mean, again, got the worst, one of the worst fight IQs in the UFC. Um, before, before, uh, uh, you know, before he got finished by OSP, 
Um, so I'm going to take OSP, but I do recommend having exposure to this fight in mass entry. Um, you know, I could certainly see Krylov winning. It would not shock me, but I just don't see any reason why this fight should end any differently than the last one. So I'm going to take OSP. It's not a massive endorsement of OSP. I just think, uh, stylistically, I don't know that Krylov has improved all that much. Unlike the other fight at the top of the card, um, where, you know, which we're going to talk about shortly, where I think, you know, fighters have made massive improvements. So, um, OSP. Alan Joban, 8,300, taking on Dwight Grant, 7,900. Joban is the favorite, minus 120. Coming back on Grant, plus 110. Grant, another guy last time out who got robbed by the judges. Joban coming off an injury. Haven't seen him in about two years, I believe. I don't have the number in front of me, but away from the cage for a while. Joe, who do you have in this fight? Yeah, so look, Joe Ban's a tough fighter. I respect what he's done in the octagon. He always comes in to bang, um, looked looked into it at weigh-ins, but this guy's got other things on his mind, right? He's 37, 38. Um, he makes way more money modeling than he does fighting in the UFC. Does not want a, a lot of damage to the property, um, meaning himself. He's He's been out because of injuries. I think he is very conscious at this age of not getting injured again. Um, you know, so I am going to go with Grant, although Grant is not that much younger. It's just in fight years he is. Um, trains at AKA, um, you know, main sparring partner for Luke Rockhold for a number of years. Um, you know, Luke Rockhold is just a better version of Alan Jopan in terms of sparring. So I am going to go with Grant here. Um, again, another fight that I would say, and I said this before, I, I think this is a a pretty good GPP card or slate. It's too bad the contests are for crap. Um, DraftKings, come on. Um, in any case, uh, I'm going to go with Dwight Grant. I will say, just because you brought up his name, the highlight of today's UFC seasonal presser was Anthony Smith talking about Luke Rockhold. If you didn't oh, see yes, it, yes, go yes. watch it. Uh, Chris, how do you have this fight? Uh, yeah, so, okay. I, I, I think that um, Joe Ben is... Um, the, the first thing I thought about this fight, let me let me back up a little bit. The first thing I thought about this fight is I, I'm still I'm still just not a believer in Dwight Grant. I still think that he's way too passive. I think that he's the ultimate counterfighter uh, to a fault. And I think um, if he doesn't land that big shot, which he did against Carlos Pedasoli, I think that um, he can be pushed uh, against the fence and outworked. Um, and I think he, he will allow that to happen if it does happen. So that was my first thought, but then I thought, well, okay, but didn't um, didn't Alan Joban uh, not too long ago get melted by uh, Nico Price with a counter shot? And then I thought, well, if Nico Price can do it, I'm pretty sure that uh, Dwight Grant can do it. So that's pretty much where I'm at um, in this fight. I'm 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 a little of two minds about it. I think that Alan Joban could um, you know get his volume going, get his Muay Thai game going. I don't think you have to worry about Dwight Grant backing him up, which is where he really struggles with his footwork, um, which is why I initially liked this fight. But, um, yeah, if he's open for counter shots, like that's all Dwight Grant's looking for. So I would say um, Dwight Grant is a good GPP play, but I think I'm just I'm going to give the slight edge to Joban just because um, of the work rate. But I acknowledge that he can get caught. It's a very real possibility. All right, the next fight we see is in the open. Eric Anders, 9,000, taking on Khalil Roundtree Jr. at 7,200. 
Eric Anders, minus 185. Come back on Khalil Roundtree, plus 170. I come out right say I'm not come out right and say I'm not a believer in what Anders is saying. He wants to stand and trade. I think that's some Nick Saban misdirection. I think he's going to try and grapple because everyone knows that's how you beat Roundtree. I think Roundtree has made some, some improvements, and I just not fully sold in this football player's transformation. I'm just not. He's also going up to 205. He's not going to have as big of a uh, size disparity. I think it's a good GPP fight, and for the I think everybody's counting Roundtree out. Makes me really like him for GPPs. So it, I w- will concede before I let Joe go that if Roundtree doesn't get a finish in the first seven minutes, it's uh, I'm in a lot of trouble. So GPP fight for sure. Joe. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, Anders is pretty much better everywhere here. Um, he's, think a he's a better striker? He's a tier one athlete. Um, we sh- we've seen he's got cardio. Um, you know, he... Uh, it's not easy to look good against Elias Theodoro. Um, you know, that was a split decision loss. I mean, he did hurt him. Um, I, I don't think that Roundtree would have nearly as much success with an Elias Theodoro. He's obviously, he's fought Loyota Machida. He's fought, um, you know, he, he's had, he had that fight against Santos that was, you know, that kind of went back and forth. And um, I, I, look, I, if Anders is smart and, oh, and here is the best thing one of the biggest reasons why I really love Anders here switched camps, left his like, you know, Alabama, um, you know, uh, you know, jujitsu and chicken wings camp and went to is, is that elevation with Mark Montoya? Um, great, great camp move. Uh, I think that's going to help him out a lot. Uh, Mark Montoya is going to say, close the distance level change, take this guy down and own his ass. So I, um, I've never been a Roundtree fan, um, you know, going back to the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I appreciate what he's been able to do. Um, his girlfriend is hotter than the barrel of Bob. Um, he was a UFC what? fighter as well. Um, but I'm going with, uh, in a big way, Eric Anders. Love this fight for GPPs. I will have shares of Roundtree because Roundtree hits hard. I just like, I like Anders here. Chris. Okay, I'm not. I I'm not. I didn't get the rest of the I didn't get that either. You but. said, but um, but I but I agree with you. Um, I actually I actually like um, Anders quite a bit here, and it's more that uh, that I don't trust what Roundtree does as a fighter than I than I love uh, Anders. Um, as we we've alluded here, he, Anders showed a lot of his wrestling in his last fight, which which um, weirdly enough was not the best thing to do in his last fight. Um, the best thing to do in his last fight was pressure and strike, which he didn't do. This time he should wrestle, and I think he will, and I think he'll get a lot more joy out of it um, this time around. The thing about Roundtree, like, I think we all acknowledge, and I think it's pretty easy to see what kind of fighter he is. He's really dangerous, really explosive for, like, the first minute and a half, two minutes of every round. After that, he gets tired to the point where he can't fight anymore, and uh, the opponent basically takes over. Anders is a very tough guy. I expect him to, if if not just straight wrestle him and, and attrit the cardio that way, I expect him to be able to be around long enough to withstand um, the the um, barrage and then land a big shot, pressure and land a big shot. Um, I, like, obviously, Clear Roundtree is a GPP play because he's really explosive in the time that he has. But And that's not to say Eric Anders doesn't get tired. He does. But, A, it takes way more to get Eric Anders tired. 
and he can also fight through when he's tired. Whereas, um, whereas Khalil Roundtree uh, can't. So you put all that together. I expect the stoppage here from Anders. I expect him to get um, Roundtree tired and finish him. So I like Anders a lot here. GPPs take your Roundtree, take him for you know the the, the one punch knockout, whatever. But I think the play has to be uh, has to be Anders. Co-main event: Israel Adesanya, ninety-two hundred, taking on Kelvin Gastelum at seven thousand. Adesanya, the favorite in this one, minus one seventy. Come back on Gastelum, plus one sixty. Chris, who is going to be our middleweight champion? The guy who's fought five times in the last thirteen months and recently went to a split decision against Marvin Vittori, or a guy who should be fighting at welterweight but just likes tacos too damn much. Ah, uh, well, that's an interesting way to frame that. That's, I, the way, that's what he is. He's I, a guy, I can't get his diet under control. Oh, and no. Now, and in the last couple of years, he started lifting weights, and that's his, you know. He's going to I, I, I don't think Gaston is disciplined. I am picking him to win this fight as a spoiler. I'm picking him to win this fight. I still don't think he has discipline, and eventually he's going to miss 185. I'm convinced in his career he's yeah. going to miss this weight. Yeah, you might be right, but uh, as far as this fight goes, I'm picking. I'm picking Gaslam here. I mean, I was kind of surprised that most of us in uh, the RotoWire live chat or our live picks, I should say, picked uh, Gaslam. I expected a little more on the. This is uh, the one. This is the one, by the way, where my other podcast. I've been taking a beating, a really? beating picking Gaslam. People are all about Adesanya. I'm just I'm not there. Yeah, no, no. I've, I've seen that floating around too. I like. I guess I understand it. He's explosive. He's insanely quick and powerful. And, uh, um, you know, good kicks, good, um, good straight punches, good creative body work, all that stuff. But what I, what I see here is that when, when you can, I think when you, when you can back him up, you can freeze him a little bit. Oh yeah. And and I think that, uh, thank you, Joe. And I, I think that, um, that will, that will play really well, um, here because Gaslam is, is, is a really um, dedicated pressure fighter. Not not always not always the consummate volume guy that you want him to be, but I think that as long as he is pouring the pressure on, staying out of that kicking range and giving um, Adesanya less room to work all his offense, I think that um, he he um, stands a really good shot here. He ha- he has a really nice one too that we've seen him drop. Uh, not only shut the lights off, Michael Bisping also dropped Jacare with it. Uh, we know how powerful he is. We know how fast his hands are. And I think he's just going to stay in that boxing range. And I think it's his fight from there. And he does have the wrestling in the back pocket. We don't see it a lot. But if he needs to go to it, he can. So that, that's, that's another consideration. Maybe not the highest consideration, but it is it is should be there in the back of your mind, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I, I, I just don't see Gaslam... Um, letting his foot off off the gas, and it's going to be interesting to me to see how um, to see how Adesanya handles it. Like to put it another way, it's uh, to put it a simpler way. This is a test that Adesanya has to pass, and Derek Brunson didn't give him his test because Derek Brunson basically panic wrestled from the opening belt. It was, yeah. He's a dumb dumb. He fought like it a dumb dumb, strange. and we all made a lot of money. So yeah, right. So um, so so yeah, I, I just think um, you know. The, the, the better put together fighter is gonna or the I should say the more what do I want to say here I, I want to I get I think I want to say the more um, complete fighter complete fighter maybe maybe that maybe that's what I want to say maybe the more complete fighter is going to 
stick to his game and take out the flashier fighter here. So I'm going with Gas. Before I let Joe go, I, I, I just first time I've, I've looked. What did you do to your hair this week? Everybody's talking about it in chat. Did you go to the shower and like curl parts of it? I think I think you're fucking with people on purpose. No, no, no. This is just how it looks. When I, I, I didn't, I, I, uh, I was, I, I worked out. Didn't have time to uh, dry my hair uh, enough. So this is how it looks. I think you should start doing things just to mess with the viewers. I'm going to shave a bald spot. in. The no, but don't do that for your everyday life. I mean, like, I, I don't know what you would do, but you could start messing with people. Anyway, you want to put Joe, curls in? I could put curls in. You could do uh, some um, some Jerry curls, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, who you got in a co main? Yeah, so, um, you know, Chris's disco stew luck aside, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I am, you know, <laughs> Give me Kelvin at 7K all day, every day on DraftKings. Let's forget about DraftKings. It's 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 hard for anyone to argue that he is not the better play of the two on DraftKings, irrespective of who, who you like to win this fight. Um, so that's even, that's not, I mean, don't even get in me, don't even try to debate that with me. That's just a silly argument, right? If you say that Adesanya at his price point is a good DraftKings play, again, I mean, you know, Get get a bag, line it with glue, and just sniff away. Um, so I, do that anyway. I, I do not. I mean, now let's talk about the fight itself, okay? So the best fighter that Adesanya in his last five fights in fourteen months has fought is a guy that had a broken foot and other assorted injuries, right? That's the best guy that he fought, right? That went to decision, and I would love to see that fight again with a healthy Brad Tavares. I am highly convinced that Tavares would win that fight if he was healthy. Um, I was at that fight. I was sitting with one of his his uh, trainers. Um, he just winced every time uh, Tavares went in for a takedown because he knew he had a broken foot and he could barely bend over. Anyway, Brunson, fight IQ of a turnup. Um, okay, who else is it? I mean, split decision to Vittori. When, you're have, when you have five fights in 14 months, I mean, how much time do you have to work on stuff in camp? I mean, I don't know. Especially flying from New Zealand. Yeah, flying from New Zealand, okay. Kelvin, I am, you know, at, at middleweight, he's knocked down everybody he's fought. I think Kelvin could win the standing, quite frankly. Um, although I hope he I hope he actually does take Adesanya down and just dominates him on the ground. Um, I love Kelvin here. I am as close to all in on a fighter. This could be the biggest pork chop. I ever ate. I'm going to tell you right now in the in the 20 entry limit, I will not have one lineup with Adesanya in it. I will have some Adesanya lineups, obviously, in the dollar. I will have some Adesanya lineups in the $15. But in the 20 max entries, I will have zero Adesanya. Whew. All right. That is yeah, that, that, I think I think that constitutes a hot take. Uh, I don't know. A hot take. I've been, I have, doing, I've been making people money with parlays. So I have some parlays for hot I, ha I have the hottest take of them all. And everyone's going to think I'm crazy, and I probably am. No, I don't. I, I, would, bet on, I would bet on Joe's before I bet on mine. But we'll get there because first we have to talk about our main event Max Holloway, 9,100, taking on Dustin the Diamond Poirier at 7,100. Holloway minus 190, Poirier plus 175. I'll let these guys break it down broke it down a few times other places and you guys are the analysts here i will say regardless this love this sentiment that holloway is going to roll through poria and this is an easy fight is insanity i think this line should be closer regardless of who you're picking i'm picking poria i think i understand people picking max totally viable obviously i think 
He's likable. Mini Blast is a thing. I think the hype has this line a little bit inflated. I think it's a closer fight than minus 190 plus 175, regardless of which way you're going, and there's value on Poirier. All that being said, Chris, start us off. Actually, no, we're on Joe, aren't we? Yes. Look, I was actually saying it was going to be an easy fight on Twitter just to kind of try to get a reaction out of Sean. It didn't really work all that much. No, um, I do like Max a fair deal in this fight. I can see Poirier, um, uh, you know, winning, you know, in an early round or two, but I think the sheer volume and output of Max is going to wear him down and he's going to finish Poirier third or fourth round. Look, Poirier gets hurt by everybody he fights. He got hurt badly by Jim Miller. Jim Miller, while he was battling Lyme disease, was able to, to, to hurt Poirier uh, with kicks. Holloway is going to just eat his lunch for him. I love Poirier. I think he's a great fighter. That Gaethje fight was an awesome fight. Gaethje was taking him apart at the legs. Gaethje's a high-action fighter. Great fighter. Um, I just don't see Poirier being able to out-volume Max. I love the fact that he's not having to didn't have to do a major weight cut. Obviously, he walks around, and if you looked at them at weigh-ins, Max might even be like a half inch taller. Um, he's, he's taller. Poirier has reach advantage. Yeah, so he's not giving up a whole lot. I mean, both these guys fought at 145. So, you know, forget about the, oh, Poirier is a natural. He's not a natural 155-er. Max is giving up nothing taking this fight at 155. I love Max here. I am going to have shares of Poirier, but I love Max here. Um, Max, 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 Max. Um, he could break the slate with volume because Poirier does not back away. And, I mean, shit, what did he score, 190 in his fight against Ortega? Um, you know, so, look, I, I am generally not a guy that um, encourages stacking, but I will say that you've got to stack this fight in cash. Uh, all right, so I, some, I agree you have to stack in cash. I have to, before Chris's breakdown, I have to go back to a question that was asked in chat. I had to have someone explain to me what the abbreviation was, and now I have to do it because I'm laugh I'm laughing. So it, it's from our guy, from our guy Kyle Marley. I, I learned I just now learned what the abbreviation FMK stands for. You guys know what that stands for? Yes. Okay. We we can't. We'll just say F. We'll go F. Mary kill. That's <laughs> for Joe, and I'm I'm still laughing. Pollyanna Botello, Laura Mueller, Alan Joban, who's the male model. I can't. I can't. Well, I'm marrying Joe Ban, obviously. So I would say, um, you know, look, oh, man. not that there's anything wrong with that, but just because I don't go that way, I would have to say um, uh, Mueller, Botello, Joe Ban. Well, I, I mean, I have no problem with marriages of convenience. So I'm not against that. So I think <laughs> it's a fantastic answer. I, I think that uh, I gotta take, I gotta marry Joe Ben for the money. I'll kill. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'll fantastic! Kill yourself a ditch. I, fantastic. I, I guess I'll kill. I guess I'll kill, kill Mueller and and marry Vitello. So there, or um, do the other thing to Vitello. So there that you was go. that. That <laughs> went. Way- that went as well as I could have hoped for. Fantastic. I will say in analyzing this game, there's a fundamental flaw in that if you marry someone, you may not be having a lot of sex, but it's more than one time. But anyway. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll and, and, work and, that out. And I'm still with jo- I'm I'm with Joe. I'm probably killing Joban. I'll probably marry Batello. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be on Easy Street, so I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> 
You think Joe Biden's that rich? I yeah, I with the as, with the modeling money. Oh come on, guys. How do you think models make? Not, not a, guys like him. He's had he's had major he's had major uh, major photo spreads, hasn't he? Really as much money as Vanessa Hansen does modeling. Come on, let's uh, let's fight. This was well, fan, no, this was so worth it, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back next time with facts and figures on that. For now. People tune into us more than just fight analysis. That was fantastic. All right, Chris, but break down our main event. Okay, well, um, I'm going to come with the correct answer again for the second time in a row with the game and now for this. Uh, the correct answer is Poirier, and the reason is because – well, a couple reasons. First thing is um, I don't think that we are properly um, – recognizing the fact that Max Holloway gets hit a lot. Um, in, in, that, um, in that Brian Ortega fight, there was legitimately a point in the third round where I thought the fight was turning. He had Max backing up. He was um, kind of uh, flurrying on him. Now, um, it, it should be uh, said, and I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, that um, uh, Poirier is a, much, is a much better combination puncher than is um, Brian Ortega. He also has a much better jab than someone like Brian Ortega. He's also a much better and stronger and faster counterpuncher than is Brian Ortega. Um, he, he, sent, um, he sent Justin Gaethje to Beat Street on that counter left hand that was like a slingshot and finished him off. Um, look, I, I just think that um, with Max getting hit as much as he does, the, he's not going to be able to um, take those shots from a guy who hits as hard as Dustin Poirier is. Uh, this is it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as, as going in and putting volume on uh, an Anthony Pettis or a Brian Ortega. Um, uh, Dustin Poirier is going to hit, and it's going to hurt. And um, he's a what, much more technical fighter now than he was even two or three years ago. He's a much better um, in-and-out in fighter. He's much better defensively. And um, I, I actually think the more I even think about it, the more I think this is a really good spot. For Dustin Poirier, I mean, your leg kicking point is fine, but I mean, have we ever known Max Holloway to be that much of a leg kicker? I mean, not really. So I, I'm, I'm not that worried about that. I, I, I think that uh, Poirier has advantages here that people are overlooking. Obviously, Max Holloway is is worth the shot because of all, of all the tremendous things he does in the octagon. I love the way he cuts angles. I love his volume. I love how he never stops coming. All of that is great. But um we didn't even talk about the Poirier wrestling, which, you know, might not be too big of a factor. We have to see how Max's um, takedown defense holds up. It's it's take, it's held up pretty well so far, but it is a factor. So I think all things considered, um, Poirier is a, a, a really good, solid dog play here. Stacking is fine because there's probably going to be a lot of volume in this fight. But look, I'm taking Poirier by finish, and that's the way it works. All right. Hot takes, guys. Hot take for UFC 236. I'll go first because I'm pretty sure mine's the craziest. I have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not oh six, my God. not seven. Give me eight underdogs to win on Saturday night. Wow. So I, I, uh, who's, who's your least expensive one? Roundtree. Oh, yeah, you like Roundtree. Okay. Give me Poirier, Gastelum, Roundtree, uh, Grant, OSP, Frivola, Wilson, Hayes, Max Griffin. All right. All right. Um, I, I, I think, I think um, Poirier knocking out Max is, is hot enough, don't you? I think that works. Mm, no. No? Else. 
Time to think, Chris, because I got my height. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Someone's pointed out to me on Twitter that I've made them a lot of money with uh, with my hot take uh, parlay. So I got two parlays for you. Um, I got the obvious one that everybody should be on, which is Gastelum Max. Um, currently, based on the DraftKings Sportsbook's price, is paying plus 257. Um, I posted my ticket on Twitter. I bet 500 on that parlay. Um, I bet less on a parlay that is paying nearly 16 to 1, guys, six and gals, 16 to 1. That is max by TKO, KO, or DQ, and Gastelum by submission. That, I bet, I, I bet Gastelum by submission. 15.88, guys. Throw a 20 on it, right? 15.88. That's plus 15.88 that's paying. So those are my two hot takes, uh, parlays. Um, obviously, bet with your head and not over it. Um, but that is, uh, those are my hot takes. I will do the chat hot take. I picked one out. Brandon Parker, thanks for watching. Yo, Brandon! Hot take. Wilson Hayes will be in the optimal lineup. I paraphrase, but that's Ooh. what he's saying. That Wilson Hayes take. in the optimal. That is a hot take. You ready, uh, Chris? Uh, yeah. Okay, how about... Um, how about Khalid Taha beats Boston Salmon? Yeah, that's pretty hot. Okay, I'll give you that's that. That's pretty hot. Okay. Uh, that'll be a bad day for me because I have a bet on Boston Salmon. Well, I'm, I'm just so. not comfortable with you guys. All you guys just saying he's a brawler. I think he's a way more technical striker than you guys are giving him credit it's for. Fair. It's a, it's a hot take. That's what we got for UFC 236 presented by Rotowire. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to the show on YouTube. Rotowire.com is the YouTube channel. On iTunes, Rotowire MMA, I believe it's under. Like, comment, subscribe. Rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Follow all of us on Twitter. I won't go through it again, but we, we all do appreciate that, except Joe, who, as we mentioned, doesn't care. No um, cares. Make sure you are tweeting at Sirius, because we should be on Sirius XM. That's just a fact, because who else is going to play F. Mary Kill with UFC fighters. We can do a whole hour show just on that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a Tommy G, Mad Lab, you know, they do Is that. It? I don't I don't listen to I've seen No Mercy. Don't don't listen to it. I think it's I, funny I, actually. Sorry. I, 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 no no I I like both those guys. I just there's only so many things I listen to. I have kind of my routine and there's only so much time in the day between all the other DFS stuff well, I, you do. I, I, I don't get to like I do. So I think it's kind of that's funny. That's true. That is true. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's funny. I don't doubt those guys at all. Uh, we uh, met them at, at Barclays. Good dudes. Yeah. Good dudes. No, no knock on them at all. I just don't listen to them. Um, that's what we got for this card. We got a nice string of cards coming up. Go watch the presser, by the way, if you're a UFC fan. Once you're watching this, you are. I enjoyed today's presser quite a bit, actually. Um, Chris, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, I say no, and I'm going to talk because that's how smart I am. But, um, in, uh, you know, focus on that mid range. Um, take Jalen Turner and, uh, enjoy but, the all right, guys, good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week. All right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.